Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Well, hello, everybody. It's your boy, Austin Cook, and we are back with a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Kayla McLemore, and today we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, uh, Henry Cavill isn't Superman anymore. Yeah, uh, I know typically we kind of cover, I mean, not like evergreen, but we kind of, we, most of the time we don't do like things that are like, it just happened, or usually when we're covering stuff, it's things that we're able to apply a lot of hindsight to it. But when we're here with such big news as Cavill no longer being Superman and potentially everyone that's played a DC character is potentially out, like, and depending on when you're listening to this, you may look back and go, oh, look, you were wrong. At the moment, we don't know. And that's the craziest part. It's like, we're just in that chaos of what is happening. Yeah, it's... It's crazy, but like the funny thing, I, and I know you and I talked about it, is that like we're actually getting some kind of confirmation on what's going on in some capacity. Like it's something that we have not had for what six years now, where yeah. we're like, what's happening? What are we getting? What movies are coming out? Who's playing who? Who's still acting in this role? And yeah. we just didn't know, and now we do. Yeah, I mean, so like there is a plus. And obviously time will tell, like, because it's one of those, like, you may look, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, however long later, who knows? But it's just, like, we do at least have confirmation of, like, they want to build a plan. They want to, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, I, I get where he's coming from. Like, he wants to, he wants DC movies to stop being so polarizing, even at their, <laughs> Pretty much anything minus a solo solo Batman movie is polarizing, yeah. and uh, and I get where like you don't want that no more. I get that, but it's just the reason why those movies were polarizing wasn't because of the actors. Yeah, people liked the actors, so it's just an odd choice to make. Yeah, and and I think that you know I'm gonna defended a little bit even though i'm heartbroken and yeah, gosh this is so sad but i will say that i think with the way that everything's gone and how up and down it is trying to start over entirely with the same cast especially for like a main figure like superman i think might confuse some people and might throw a lot of people off and the one thing that i've heard that kind of gave me a little bit of a like, a, wait a minute. There's been speculation because Jason Momoa, like, there's that video of him talking about how he just got great news from DC about something. And there was, you know, that rumor that he was going to be recast as Lobo. Which but she fits that. He does. And I was thinking about that, and I'm like, you know, what if they just recast the actors in different roles throughout DC that they feel they're more suited for? Although, I mean, Henry Cavill as Superman is... 
that's the that's what you run into. Like we we could, I mean, and obviously Momoa, by all accounts of everything I've heard, he seems to be an absolutely genuinely awesome guy to be around. But like jumping from Aquaman to Lobo, especially because Lobo, obviously they would whether through makeup or CG, whatever, you know, give him the bleach white skin with the jet black hair and all like by the time they get get done making like with costuming and all that i mean the only reason you you would know he was aquaman would be by the voice Mm -hmm. i mean and uh but once again i'm it's like him being lobo works because i know there's that other clip from years ago where he talked about how shocked he was that he got aquaman and he and in that interview he goes I thought I was gonna be Lobo. I was like, I look it. And uh that is funny. I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, my guy. But the problem you run into is with Cavill is it's kind of like when other media talk about Superman and talk about like what makes Superman work is the like the like the re, the way you can recast like other characters like Batman or you know, Spider-Man. It's because a lot of times you're under a mask. Mm-hmm. Superman doesn't wear a mask. And like, that's part of the, that's part of what it is. Like what you see is what you get. And so it's a little more difficult with mm-hmm. him. And it's a, it's my roundabout way of saying that. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not, cause we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, it's just, it's just gonna be more difficult because he nailed the role so well. Yeah. And yeah. literally looked like he walked out of the page. I know. That's the the part that kind of breaks my heart a little bit is like he he is perfect casting, but I I don't think that his recasting is because they didn't think he was a good fit if that makes sense. I think just that you know, since he's a member of the Trinity, if they want to rebuild around major characters like that, it might be a little confusing and off-putting if they use the same actors or if they use, you know, Henry Cavill as Superman and then a different actress for Wonder Woman and a different actor for Batman. And it's like, well, why didn't you keep them? Or like, why kind of like... That is what it runs into. Yeah, yeah right. like you're onto a consistency issue and that's, I mean, if, if your goal is to suddenly, is to be on a better footing with fans and all of that... That's not how you achieve it. Yeah. So I get it from that perspective. It's just the fans were so happy. And it's just, I think, honestly, the fans were like in a, in a place of joy where it's just like they could have done exactly what you just said where normally people would be confused and like, this is stupid, but not cared because Cavill was back. Like that's literally how happy everyone was. Yeah, and I think another thing about it, too, is that, like, Black Adam didn't do the numbers that I think Warner Brothers was hoping for, which, by the way, I don't know why. (laughs) Like, it's, you know, like, to me, that kind of, like, surprised me a little bit, because, like, I, you saw Black Adam, right? I have not yet, but I know it's on streaming now, so I will definitely get to, I'll definitely see it. Yeah, it's on HBO Max, so it, it's fun. I really enjoyed it. They used Dr. Fate, which I love Dr. Fate. They made Hawkman really cool. The, like, there's so many good things about it that even if, like, it wasn't your favorite, it still works, you know? Oh, yeah. And, heck, even the harshest critics 
were just like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's saying, like, yeah. like, basically, when I say, when a lot of times people say, here, okay, they're like, oh, you mean bad? Like, no, I mean, like, it's, it's fine. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. Like, it's I, not, it doesn't break the mold. It doesn't, but like, you'll enjoy it. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's kind of like Terminator 2 almost in some aspects, which, if you're going to draw from a movie, Terminator 2 is not a bad one to choose. And I, I had fun with it. You know, like, it's, I think The Rock knows what kinds of movies he wants to make. And I think that's for the better because he has like having a good idea what you want to do is important. And that's like a major part of like filmmaking and storytelling in general. So like for me, I was like, yeah, you know, not everyone might love this, but like that's just movies in general. And when I saw that it didn't do like super high numbers, I was just kind of like confused. I was like, I mean, Cavill's back now. Like everything's kind of looking like it's getting set up to like, you know, rebuild a little bit and kind of like take off again. And now we're, you know, looking at that not happening. And, you know, if part of that is because of the numbers, because like the, there's that meme of like DC fans on the internet and there's like, you know, this whole entire crowd and then DC fans in the theaters and there's no one there. Like, <laughs> like it, it does kind of feel like that at this point, to be honest. Yeah. It, it does feel like there's a, a minority like a vocal minority that like you know a lot of people who are like super loud about it will go and see it but like it's actually really not that much in reality and i think a lot of that is because dc just sort of didn't establish a repertoire with fans as well That's as marvel true. did and i you know i'm not blaming anyone because dude this is hard like oh, <laughs> oh actually on that note is like hard it, in general yeah but I also think like a because when you when you break down the MCU, like start like and I, and I say break it down like let's look at the first like Iron Man. That movie works as a Sammy. I mean, it just recently got inducted into like was it like the Film Society or I can't remember like I can't remember what it was like Library of Congress like it got like a really major honor. It was like Iron Man one, The Dark Knight, and uh, something else. But like uh. Uh, I think it got put in the National Registry. Thank you. And it was like a big deal. I'm like, and it deserves that because part of what made the first Iron Man work so well is at the at, at its core, you take away the crazy, you know, the joke with Iron Man before the MCU was he was basically out, uh, Batman with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be fair, there's like, where's the lie? Because Jarvis wasn't an AI. Jarvis was his butler. <laughs> Jarvis was his Alfred. So, uh, but like in that mood, take, you can take all that craziness. But at its core, it's like you have a guy who is suffering from identity issues because he's living in the shadow of his parents and he gets backstabbed by a coworker. That's all stuff that people can relate to. Yeah. Those things, and, those things kind of add a new layer to Iron Man that like actually give him some level of complexity in, in some level, a- you know. Absolutely. And I'm always saying like, but also like, even if like, obviously you can't relate to the crate, like being in a suit flying around doing all this crazy stuff, you can relate to that stuff and you can connect to that. And you start there and you slowly build up. Like you don't start, <laughs> you don't start with Thanos. You start with dealing with, parent issues and company issues because so, then as people get like i mean heck to using a completely different franchise that goes 
bonkers almost from the get-go, but still found a way to ground itself initially before it got really crazy is God of War. Yeah. That oh my god, that's a great example. <laughs> because I mean it starts off crazy because you're dealing with Greek mythology, so duh. But like yeah, it starts off grounded of like a man is tricked by the gods to kill his family and he wants to seek revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. What happens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's before it's just, that. exactly and that's before it gets absolutely bonkers with all the stuff that happens throughout the first three games. And that's not even getting to all the stuff in the two new ones. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think sometimes with DC, like you jump too fast because yeah. it's like, because like in black counter, for instance, guys like me and you, we see things like the JLA and we're like, dude, that's amazing. Everyone else has that moment from the first guardians movie where they're like, who? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I like, you know, I, I kind of defend Black Adam a little bit more because I like that they gave us the Justice Society. Like, that to me was like, I was like, oh, like, the people working on this very clearly, like, know their comic history and, like, really want to give us, you know, more of this universe and expand upon it. Like, I was stoked about that. And I, I think that DC has taken a couple risks with that relatively early on by, like, you know, having Shazam have their own major movie having mm-hmm. you know like cyborg be a member of the justice league which is like we all know cyborg but like if you're not familiar with the teen titans or you don't read the comics you're not going to be as familiar with him and having these characters that you know well, a little bit less outside the mainstream that kind of like they're like let's take risks with these people and then having aquaman make a billion dollars like it's yeah, such a I weird mean, like <laughs> <laughs> it still blows my mind to hear that i mean i know it's it's just factual but it's like it's it's Aquaman that did it. <laughs> right. They're like uh, Batman v Superman, one billion cleared in a week, and then that didn't happen, which bummer. But yeah. like the Aquaman did so funny. Yeah. But like <laughs> to your point though, but like to go back to use the example of like Iron Man, Iron Man wasn't a household name. No. Like he was the joke is he was a B plus player, but that's being generous. Going into the MCU, he was a B minus player. And uh, and through just making a good movie, he, I mean, gosh, I mean, he's now an A, like, he is now considered, like, a pillar of Marvel, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, it totally fits for Tony Stark to be. But, like, uh, or, heck, to use the other example, since, you know, of all the talk about James Gunn, the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. they were sea heroes, if you're being generous. Yeah, they were D-level, which, not a bad thing, but yeah. no one really, like, outside of hardcore comic fans had any idea who they were, and that's what we mean by, like, D-level. Like, Yeah, like, I didn't know who they were. I, saw, I was like, who is these people? Like, the, the, the most notable thing that the Guardians had done was Rocket Raccoon was in Marvel 3, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and Rocket Raccoon was in a couple of Deadpool comics. Right, and... Now, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy are basically a household name. They got a Christmas special. Like, yeah, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, and people want to see more of it, even if it's just short bursts, such as like a 45-minute special. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they like the characters. And I just think, to your point with DC, it's like they introduce too much too fast. Because like right. 
you know. And well, because it's almost like they felt like the answer to when things didn't just when they're like, what do you mean? Superman, like Man of Steel didn't make as much money as Avatar. It's like, well, it still made good money. It's like, it's clearly because there wasn't enough heroes in it. It's like, well, no, that's not actually the reason. Put more heroes in it. Yeah. Like, it's, stop. <laughs> it was controversial at the time. And I, you know, I like Man of Steel a lot. You know this. You and I both have talked about our love for Man of Steel for a while now. But mm-hmm. it's, I, I think when you have someone who has like, and honestly, like, I, I like Zack Snyder's movies a lot. And I think Man of Steel is up there with, you know, one of his stronger movies that I go back and rewatch frequently. That's, it's difficult to start off when you have a very, like, strong style that some people feel a certain way about. Like, because a lot of people, for whatever reason, either love or hate Zack Snyder. And he does have a very distinct style. I get that. It's one of the reasons I like his movies. but. I think when it's applied to someone as beloved as Superman and people aren't sure about it, they kind of weren't sure what to expect to go see it. And also it was called Man of Steel, not Superman. So Which is yeah. I know which I know you might sit there and roll your eyes, but like that does matter. It like, really it does. <laughs> like, like look, there's a reason like to use video game like to use something out of the realm like with video games. Like the Wii U, a big reason why that system sold terribly, besides the fact it wasn't utilized very well is the name the name Wii U people didn't know that was a new system they thought it was an add-on mm-hmm. which Another, I don't blame yeah. them it sounds like an add-on it like, does I, I completely forgot about that I'm glad you brought that up but another yeah. great example DC wise if we're being completely honest the Suicide Squad people didn't know and I think a lot of people were confused. They're like, is this a sequel? Like I had a lot of people who were like, I wasn't sure if that was a sequel and it, and it was connected to the original one. Cause like for, you know, they didn't like the original one or something like that. And then they were like, well, if that's a sequel, I don't know. And I'm like, well, it kind of is not, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the part that like the marketing, I think kind of the name does make a big difference. And I like the name, but I also can see how it affected people's interpretation of it. That and like the fact that it was R-rated, you know, that doesn't always help. But Joker also made a billion dollars. So I I think that like that, you know, because if you've seen that movie, you know, if it's for you, you're going to love that movie. And if it's not, I think a lot of people still respect that. Like, yeah, it's not for me, but it is a very good movie. And, you know, that's a bummer because like that sometimes just seems to like halt the film's like the progression forward for a lot of these movies and especially with like, you know, with black Adam, like the one thing that I think a lot of people were like, not sure about was like, no one really was familiar with black Adam yet. And I I think if maybe he'd been introduced in some fashion in like Shazam or something like that, like it maybe would have been different, but it's not, you know, and I, I think that that might be a large reason why, because like The Rock is a huge star, like undeniably, like I did, people can try and say otherwise, but like he's probably like the modern defining example of a movie star and why yeah. it didn't is probably just because some people weren't familiar with it and we didn't have like a connected buildup to it. And that sucks because yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel that they have to know 
a lot of story going into something in order to be invested in it. And I think some of that is just because of the market of films nowadays. Like a lot of people want stuff that's connected or in a franchise, whatever that may be. And that is a big part of the filmmaking industry now. So I think rebooting it would make the most sense because then you get to start over. Like, yeah. It, you kind of get to clear that slate a little bit, and then there are no questions. It's more of just like, well, what next? And you, that comes with its own positives and negatives, but maybe if you have something connected, but it can tell its own stories that all interlace with each other, it just might work. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it, too, is like, with, with Black Adam, it's like, people don't know who he is, but it's also like, but you can get people to care. Because once again, to use the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. the first Guardians movie had no connection to any of the MCU. Yeah, at all. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could literally watch just the first Guardians movie and, not, and you don't need to have seen any of the other movies to get what's happening. Like, there's stuff that they reference that if you've seen the other movies, you'll understand it better, but it's not necessary. But, like, people, when the Guardians movie was first coming up, and I was like, this isn't going to work. There's, this is too obscure. Mm-hmm. And then that first trailer hits, and Star-Lord is just sitting there dancing along to 70s, like, rock, and just being goofy, and you're real, and uh, hooked on a feeling starts playing, and they're all, like, when they're doing their lineup, and immediately you're just like, Okay, I gotta see where this goes. Yeah, I'm interested. But yeah, the, other pa- the other part of that is that Marvel had years of, you know, a consistent output. And DC, I think, tried to, you know, catch up to that, which, I mean, we've talked about this relentlessly. But, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's a bummer that it didn't pan out the way that I think everyone was hoping it would. Because I will never talk down on people that work in the industry. Number one, why? Number two, I work in the industry. Number three, like, I've been through it. I know how hard it is. And on that scale, I can't even imagine, like, the amount of pressure <laughs> that you're undergoing trying to work collaborative, collaboratively with hundreds of people, thousands maybe, to try and make something that millions and millions and millions of people will show up to. Yeah. And trying to satisfy as many people as possible. That's really difficult. And unfortunately, I think that if they, you know, had stuck, you know, if they'd stuck to it, I think it would have been a different story. But, you know, I think some people like panicked, maybe were concerned. And it's just, you know, I don't know what happened. And all all we can say is the movies. I think panicking is part of it. Because, I mean, even Batman v Superman, which obviously everyone has their opinion on. I've even heard like the most ardent critics say like, the Batman v Superman part, like, I see where the story was. They may not have liked the execution, but I see where the story was. The Dawn of Justice part felt forced and just thrown in there. And it kind of was, especially as the uh, stories came out of how Warner Brothers basically told them, you've got to throw this in here. It's like, well, no, it's not going to make sense. There's no buildup. It's like, do it anyway. And, uh, Cause like I think it's like stuff like that. Cause it's like I do get where if there's a little bit of buildup for like Black Adam or because like he had a small reference to him like 
but it's only if, if you know, you know, and Shazam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also it's like, then you find out Black Adam's kind of a, is a villain, sometimes a hero, but never a full on hero. At best, he's an anti hero. A lot yeah. of times he's a straight up villain. And, uh, <laughs> it's like a major part of his character. <laughs> exactly. There's the fact that he goes back and forth. Uh, he's a lot like, it's similar, like in the vein to a character like Magneto of he's a villain or a hero, depending on what his current goal is. And, uh, and so some people just may, I think part of it too is, and I know the rock is a hype machine. That's cause you know, he made his name in pro wrestling, which pro wrestling is all about. If you can't hype yourself up, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And cause he, he made, Black Adam sound like it was going to be Iron Man 1 or like the Dark Knight of like this seminal landmark movie that will be remembered for decades to come. Mm-hmm. And then when it's not, and I'm not saying the movie's bad, but like it wasn't that. Yeah. Well, it, it's and, hard to anticipate what that is because like the thing about Iron Man and the Dark Knight is that like everyone, like everyone hoped it would be good but no one was prepared for how good they were like, and that's the, and I, that's why they didn't they didn't advertise them like that then because of that because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a i mean obviously and this is as we're recording so obviously over time we'll know how it pans out but it's like with the avatar 2 how because of how bloated the budget is they got to make two billion just to break even yeah it's like you have no idea if you're going to cross that I mean, they already made what? like half a million, half a billion. So I'm like, you know, it's a legs game for for James Cameron. Like- well, I know, but but just to break even. But now you're owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Breaking even is not good enough for them. Yeah, but you know what? They like if there's anyone who I think has earned the trust of a lot of the industry, I think it's James Cameron. <laughs> like, yeah, but like man made but that's Titanic. And Avatar and the first two Terminator movies, like oh no, I'm not no saying joke. he isn't. Oh, I'm not saying he's not. But I'm saying like, like, but like, when you have a standard like that, where like you basically are forcing yourself to, well, that where that movie has to almost be like a cultural moment again. It's like you can't predict. Like that's impossible to predict. The only time you could have pre- the only the last movie where you could have predicted it was going to be like a cultural moment was mm-hmm. Endgame. Yeah. Because you literally had over a decade of buildup to that. So, like, unless that movie was offensively bad, it was going to do gangbusters. No, that, God, that's a great way to put it. That's, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and that movie was set up to succeed. Like, mm-hmm. failure was not, like, the train had no, the brake, brakes were never installed on that train. And, yeah. uh, so, and, like I said, that's, that's and so, the movie, and when we've had Black this, Adam's we've, doing really well on HBO Max, apparently, like its numbers are really good. I think that's part of what's hurting because a lot of people, and like I said, I ran into this with uh, friends and stuff, where they're like, "I'll just wait for it to be on streaming." <sighs> and I'm like, I get that when, you, when, yeah. when, when money's tight, and you're already paying for a service. Yeah, like, I, I don't blame people for that. It's just like it like makes my heart sink a little bit because I know. That like at a certain aspect, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, we have to look at the box office." So I was like, "Box office does matter, yes, but streaming is important now, and you have to look at the numbers of that and what it generates for you." 
clearly oh, we're, yeah. we're not in the industry in that capacity, you know, like we're creatives. We're on a completely separate side of it. So like the business to us also, we're really young. So <laughs> the business to us is a little different and I'm not pretending to know that I know how everyone's feeling at one time. It's just hard to gauge because like a part of me is like, I'm looking at all these different numbers and I was like, what is good? Like what to quote yeah. Batman vs Superman? What is good? <laughs> what is good? <laughs> it's it's a literal quote from that movie. <laughs> But, uh, but I just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, so that's why I, I, to get it back to like, with what happened with Cavill and like I said, let's like Aflac and Gadot and heck even the rock mm-hmm. is just out of like, uh, turns out gun turned into original thing, like comic book Thanos where he didn't go for half the, he didn't go for half the population. He went for all of it. <laughs> yeah well uh, he wants to recast a lot of them from what i've heard like he even commented in an interview he's like you know we may not be looking to have him as superman but we want to have him work with us in a capacity and i was like apparently he's a lovely person from all accounts i've ever seen right and, and to me if you're saying that i'm under the impression especially if you they've already set like the rumor of like you know jason momoa being lobo to me, I feel like maybe he's like, hey, we're just going to switch gears. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be involved. And yeah. sometimes, you know, that that happens like it's you know, that's not always easy, especially if you love a character like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman has been, you know, that that's been her career defining role, which that's a great role to have define your career. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my that goodness. Is awesome. And she's really wonderful in that role. Like, you know, people can say whatever they want, but like I personally have really enjoyed her interpretation of Wonder Woman and how she's done in it. And I think that, like, for a lot of them, like, you know, it might be tough. Not all of them, you know, may be recast. We might be, like, kind of jumping the gun a little bit. Jumping the gun. <laughs> but <laughs> James Gunn <laughs> jumping the gun. But, <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm 26 now. I'm getting old. <laughs> we're, like, no, uh... we're looking at crossroads, and I think that, at this point, we might just have to trust him and say, like, you know, I maybe I don't well, agree with this decision, but maybe something will come out of this will, that will change my mind. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is, and I think that's where people are the most conflicted because when you have goodwill and people have faith in you, you can do something crazy and people will be like, hey, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. But as we pointed out, when DC has been stop and go, stop and go, like put all their money behind this and it doesn't do well. And then like there isn't that same goodwill. So people are conflicted. Like, okay, yeah, I mean, Gunn has proven himself because the joke like with Guardians is that Yondu went from being, you know, space Hawkeye to his own cool character. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course everyone... (laughs) Peacemaker and part well part of it's because it's John Cena, but Peacemaker is becoming a household name of all characters, right? And uh, so like you have the like so people like truck like or like hey, the man has proven to do well before, but they also don't trust W like Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and the last ten years is there's reason to have distrust, yeah. And, yeah, and it's hard to gauge, especially when, like, you're in an industry that's, like, literally been dominated by, like, 
let's just say what it is like marvel movies are the movies that people will go to in theaters for the most part there's mm-hmm. always going to be like a sleeper hit you know with especially like an indie hit that does really well which just quick side note always go see new movies always see something outside of your comfort zone why not especially if you can like you know support filmmakers outside of just you know like the franchises that you love which you can still love those franchises we do but yeah. it, you know this industry i think it it's made it hard to really like have original stories also move to the forefront alongside the movies that we the superhero movies that we do love and well, I, I think oh. that a lot of people are kind of struggling to adapt to that because it's like, do we do that? Do we do what they're doing and stick to that? Or do we keep doing our own thing and hope that, you know, like something will stick? And for a lot of people, like, you know, they don't have IPs. They don't have a franchise. And with DC, I think that their thing was like, what do we do now? Like, they're telling us to do something different. There's, you know, different minorities that are like, you know, different minority, like, groups of the fandom that say like oh well i want this and they're like oh i want the snyder verse which we're not going to cover in this in this episode we're not we had our episode over that we're not we did that (laughs) and i'm like it's complicated i i have sympathy for that because like especially when you're dealing with a lot of money because superhero movies just are not cheap anymore and there's expectations i think from a lot of people to have a certain level of visual spectacle and visual expectation. And that's, it's hard to manage that. And it's hard to like meet expectations when you put something out that's well received and then people don't see it. Or, and then you put something out that you're not sure about and then it does really well. And it's just this back and forth. It's hard to know because some, there's a lot of hype over stuff like, and we've seen it with DC where it's like, there's a massive amount of hype, and then no one goes and watches the movie. And yeah. like, come on, guys. Like, we got to show then, up if we want these. And it, it's complicated. It's a juggling act. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, like, and then we've seen indie movies over. I'm blanking on current examples, but like, there's been indie movies that come out of nowhere and sucker punch everybody mm-hmm. and become a huge dip. Like, okay. I mean, it's not recent, it's a few years now, but. It's because I will take any chance I can to brag about Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. But with Birdman. Yeah. That sucker punched everybody. And that movie's amazing. Yeah. That and... movie does rule. That's a great, great movie. And I think a lot of it is because, like, it, Oscar hype definitely helps as well. It well-deserved Oscar hype, I should yes. mention. Like, it deserved the acclaim that it got. But I, I think certainly, like, award seasons do tend to help with a lot of those movies. Because then people are like, oh, well, Oscar good i want to watch that and like maybe that's changing now i'm not sure like because i feel like some people like and i've heard some people say this it's not something i agree with but i've heard some people say like oh well the oscars are pretentious they never get it right and i'm like have you seen a lot of those movies well they're really good like you know and i know i will i will say like to play devil's advocate on that one where it comes from is a lot of people's they may not have the money to see a ton of movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, they'll see their whichever, however many movies they see. And then they'll see the Oscars come up. And maybe, maybe, if you're lucky, one of them gets an Oscar nod. And so you're just sitting there going, but what are these others? Yeah. And so it does, there is that, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, think that's where that, that's, I think that's what happens there is... And of course, and there's a whole 
uh, one day when someone's brave enough to make this documentary, there's a whole story about what you got to include and who you got to talk to and blah, 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 in order to get Oscar nods. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a whole story. Campaign. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole story onto itself. Uh, right. It's, it's complicated. Uh, our, our industry is very strange. <laughs> and very much. So I think that's part of the reason why, I think that's part of why we like pro wrestling so much. It's like, cause weird understands weird. That's what we do. <laughs> that's so fair. I like, I don't know, man. It's, it's such like a, a weird, complicated situation that we find ourselves in. I wonder how many times I'm going to say weird and complicated tonight, but you got to find I, a balance somehow. And yeah. I, I think that like with DC, like, you know, they released Joker and that made a yeah. billion dollars. Like Aquaman and Joker yeah. are the I mean, movies I, that did it. <laughs> speaking of putting the word, the, the Batman did super well as it should, because that movie rules. <laughs> movie oh so yeah. Well, and also, there's just something about Batman that's just like suddenly the A the A the A squad shows up, and right, and uh, then everybody shows up to watch. Even people who don't like comics are like, "I'll show up to watch Batman, though." Yeah, no, that, I mean to be fair, if if it's like you said, a movie's great, so deserved. But um, we covered that too. But uh, we did go check it out. It's on our uh, channel. But to put it, because for those that. I kept up with comic news. There's been a lot that's happened in the last couple of weeks. So to put a bow on this particular part, because I do, there's another part where I would love to be able to like, as much as we're sitting here talking about like weirdness and chaos and we don't know and we're upset, but hopeful to put a bow on it. It's just like, um, it's like James Gunn has shown that like he can take characters you don't expect to do well mm-hmm. and then do really well with them. It's like NWB has unfortunately earned a reputation of like, you don't know what you're going to get with them to your point of they got the billion dollar movies. And then they got the movies that you just sit there and go, why did you kill this? This could have been so much more. And uh, that's why fans are confused because you're just like, well, which side's going to win? Like, like who's like, it's very much like who's going to show up. And so it's very much in that state of flux and that's never a good spot to be in. And yeah, so, but I think they knew that when they took over. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, gun has been doing stuff with like fan bases for long enough now that he knows like what will help put us at ease is when we eventually have our long it takes and we get to the previews. If the first trailer can like, I, that's why I use the example of guards of the galaxy, you know, a James Gunn movie. If the trailer can come out, and just like that first Guardians movie, get everyone to go, well, now I want to give this a chance. Mm-hmm. Then there's hope. So right. um, the other big news that's happened since we last recorded, <laughs> apparently every time we take a hiatus, everything goes weird, uh, is, has been the passing of uh, the brilliant voice actor, uh, Kevin Conroy, which... Anyone who is, gosh, at least tw- like t- probably 24, 25 or older uh, is very familiar with his work as Batman. So we also want to talk about him. And I just want to take a moment to kind of just gush about the guy and gush about how, gosh, like just the way he held down the fort of a character for so long and did it so 
brilliantly. Because I learned a fun fact about him. When he first got the role, he knew nothing about Batman. He had never read a comic mm-hmm. or nothing. He, they basically gave him a 10-minute crash course before he went in for his audition. And he just nailed it. Yeah. And apparently it was through him they came up with the whole idea that Batman's voice is different from Bruce Wayne's voice. Because just in the crash course, uh, Kevin was like, wait, why on earth would he... Of course he's going to have a different voice. Otherwise, people are going to piece it together way too easily. Mm-hmm. And, and it was through that, that. And of course, if you watch the animated series or any of the animated stuff, he very much has a different voice when he's Bruce Wayne versus when he's Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a huge difference. I mean, my one poking fun at him, he doesn't go full like 180 difference like Christian Bale. But yeah, it's which, enough of a dip. I hmm? love that voice, though. I love the Bale well, voice. I know. That's why I, I, I lovingly poke fun at it. But um, the difference is more subtle, but like enough to where like you wouldn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how we talked about how Superman, when he's Clark Kent, he makes sure like he hunches his shoulders. He's clumsy and does stuff to where like your brain refuses to believe that this doofus is Superman. Oh gosh. There's that real quick side note too. There's like that comic where Superman, like someone tries to assassinate Clark Kent and the bullet just like hits his jaw and lands in his food and he has to act like nothing happened. So he eats the bullet. What's that? <laughs> like, I'm like, Oh my gosh. That's such like a great, like gotta, gotta stay in character. Gotta stay in character. Yep. It's like, can't break the illusion. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, oh gosh, go on. Yeah, let's talk more about Kevin Conroy because I, oh, I love Kevin Conroy. Yeah, because like I said, he just like, and I know it's like, what more can what can be said that hasn't already been said? Because because the good news I like about with him is the fans made it very clear how beloved he was long before he passed. Like the fans made it clear, like, dude, you're amazing, and. One of the best like endorsements of him, I think, kind of did come from Mark Hamill because when the Joker movie was being first tossed around before they started casting and writing the script, uh, people were saying, well, Mark Hamill could do it. And Mark Hamill goes, it would be the greatest crime in comics history if I got to do a live-action Joker before Kevin Conroy got to be live-action Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And I'm like, that is respect. <laughs> Which, and you know what? Kevin Conroy did get to be a live action Batman. Yeah, absolutely. He got to do it. And I love they found a way to do like in a way that worked. Oh, makes me so happy. Like he I mean I, he was a major, you know, part of me wanting to get into like voice work and like voiceover and like, you know, voice acting and stuff like that. He I mean, he just su- he understands the character that he embodies so well. And the fact that he started with no prior knowledge of the character makes it even more impressive to me. So, like, yeah. you just have this career that, you know, he fell in love with this character and continued to give us performance after performance that just would blow me away. Video games, TV shows, animated movies. Like, it's astounding to watch. And, yeah, that's why I said, like, uh, held down the fort because he was he did it through all mediums. Yeah. And, like, you have... And, uh, and some of the... Other characters, I, I forget, uh, I think Tim Daly, I want to say, or Daly was the name of the guy who did the voice of Superman for a lot of the animated stuff. Uh, 
like the back and forth the two of them would have in like Justice League or in some of the animated movies was great. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like in Public Enemies because I saw the scenes been floating around recently, where Superman gets shot by like something with kryptonite in it, and Batman's quickly trying to do like surgery to like save him, mm-hmm. and Superman's just like, "Where's the Flash when you need him?" And Batman's like, "I don't need your set. I don't need your humor right now, Clark." And <laughs> don't sass me. <laughs> and, and Superman just goes, "Bruce, do us both a favor and buy some." And I was like, "Take." <laughs> Oh gosh, what like I'm just thankful. You know, I'm thankful that we got to have him for as long as we did. And it, I'm I'm sad that he's gone, but you know, I'm always going to look at, you know, Justice League, Batman the animated series, the Arkham games, like mm-hmm. everything that he's done and I'm just going to be really grateful because Yeah, and that's the best part is he has such a long resume that we can go back and watch and enjoy basically forever. And uh and I and the thing I love about it too is like he didn't because sometimes when people get long standing roles, obviously I'm not going to name names, but I've been seeing stuff in the news. Like I've seen some of the articles and stuff where I, you see actors who will play a character for a long time and they'll come to hate the character or they'll be like, "I've been stuck because of this." And I'll see someone like Kevin Conroy is like, "Dude, I get to be Batman. That flipping rules." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "This is my dream job." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, obviously there's other stuff I'd like to do, but I'm not going to screw up this gig. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's such like Batman's kind of like that special character, too, where it's like, bro, I get to be Batman. Yeah. What's like, the downside? Remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing interviews. Because uh, I remember I think it was a uh, camera's Dark Knight Rises. I think it was Dark Knight Rises. They had a special where they got to talk to some of the other various people who played Batman over the years because they were doing like a like the evolution of the Batmobile. So they had like Adam West and uh, Christian Bell. And I think, I think I might be wrong, but they did talk about the animated series and got Kevin Conroy to do some stuff. And even Adam West was like, dude, I got to be Batman. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, bro, uh, I'm Batman. I'm vengeance. I'm the knight. <laughs> like nothing. In the case of like that. <laughs> yeah. And like in the case of Adam West, just some days you can't get rid of a bomb. But yeah. I love that line. <laughs> Where's my shark repellent spray? Like, <laughs> oh, I loved Adam West too. It's it's the versatility with Batman too that I think makes a huge difference. But let's uh, you know, let, let's let's pour one out for Kevin Conroy. Let's uh, <laughs> you know, be thankful for all the good times that we had with him, and be thankful that we had such an iconic character for him. And you know, it's I, I'm just really happy that you know we kind of get to quickly uh come to a close on that note but i have one question for you caleb what is that and i'm just curious who do you want to play the next superman my goodness i mean well i've just been uh dealing with the fact that now that cavill's doing warhammer of people like seeing all the people trying to say like who he might play which I keep laughing at the fact he might end up being the God Emperor of Mankind, which would be hilarious. But um, for Superman, I don't... I'm not entirely sure. Because it's like... It's tough, dude. That's tough. Well, one, because like I said, you're literally playing the most iconic superhero of them all. And... I mean, we've seen how... 
how much of a like microscope people will examine like characters, but like Superman especially so, just because like ha- like everyone has a Superman that they grew up with, mm-hmm. and that's crazy to think about, but it's true. Since he goes back to the forties, everyone has grown up with Superman at some point. That's alive today. Like there's been their version of it, mm-hmm. and so I'm not sure because it's like. Because also I know since James Gunn said he wanted to do like a younger Superman, part of me is like, how young? Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, probably like as we talked, yeah, I, I get that. I meant like because I know people kind of like laughed at the whole like the brick to the back of the head image, you know, subtlety that Snyder had of with making Superman uh, the Jesus figure. That <laughs> at thirty he was starting his time as Superman. I'm like. Subtlety has never been your strong suit. Right. So, but that's I'm just fine. like, no, no, no. Hey, to each their own. Um, exactly. But like, are we starting like, because I mean, there are comics. If Gunn really wants to do the deep cuts, there are stuff of like teenage Superman. That's and when those are deeper cuts, they go, because obviously the comics, they've always kept him full grown because that way it's easier to introduce, you know, characters like Supergirl and others. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not sure. Because like I said, I just, it's so nebulous right now. I don't know where he's wanting to start. I'm going to throw two names out there, and I want you to hear me out. Okay. They both have the same last name, funny enough. And <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm open to anybody because, like, whoever they cast, I'm going to give them a chance. Because I think that, like, you know what? Why not? You know, we, we have amazing Supermans. We got to have Henry Cavill as Superman. And let's let's try something new. Let's let's see, you know, what we can do now. But two names that immediately popped up into my head. Mm-hmm. Number one. Austin Butler. I actually thought that, too. <laughs> I like immediately I was like, honestly, he could actually do it. And like after seeing like I haven't watched the whole movie yet, but I want to like watching him be Elvis. I was like, he's got the chops. Like, oh yeah, I just, pull my off. question with him is just if he has the ability to healthily get big, mm-hmm. like obviously in an ethical way. And that's all I'm saying is like, because like, I agree, because I've seen the movie, I've watched it multiple times, but like, and he does a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. It's just like, part of being Superman is obviously getting big. Yeah. And I just want to make sure he can do that without harming himself. Yeah, it'll be difficult, but, you know, like, I, even if he just gets, like, a little bit bigger, like, he doesn't have to get so jacked that people are like, hey, what's, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly, where like, people, start, <laughs> people start asking questions. But, right, uh, which, I mean, but, people ask questions, but I think they all know the answers to them. Maybe, maybe they know. I don't know. That's, no, no, that's it, not what well, we're talking about today, no, no, but, but I, <laughs> to your point, so I'm saying, muscular, like, yeah. And I think Superman's the one character where, like, that works. Yeah. Put like, some padding he doesn't in his have, suit. Yeah, he doesn't have to be gigantic. Because, like, as Flashpoint has proven, he can be a stick figure. Just give him a little bit of sunshine, and he's tossing tanks. Yeah. And <laughs> I, it's, I, I'm almost open to the idea of, like, just go, like, the route of the boys and just put some padding in his suit. Like, yeah. why not? Like, we don't need I'm, to see Clark shirtless. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure 
you know, some women or men in the crowd might like that. And I, I get that, but <laughs> like, it's, you know, I mean, it worked in Shazam. Of, it did. That's true. <laughs> but instead of having him like, you know, have to be gigantic, we could just, you know, use lighting, have him, you know, have him work out. I, I, I guess like, I, well, I hate that. I'm like, get, well, give him more of the thing, physique. But, okay. No, I, I know I'm sorry. We rabbit, but just, I just knew that immediately would be something people would bring up if you got cast. Yeah, and that's unavoidable. Like they did it with Robert Pattinson too. And frankly, you know, he he did get muscular, but I also think that he worked as he was. And no, I also he, he I'm glad huge. he stood his ground. Yeah. I'm also glad he stood his ground. We're like, you need to do more. He's like, no. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, good for you, man. <laughs> like, you tell like, him <laughs> exactly. He was like, he was, he was like, dude, I was in the Twilight movies. You can't threaten me with a lack of money. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I'm so scared. But uh, also, no, and he's that's Batman. <laughs> exactly, but I think if he could do, uh, honestly, the Chris, like the Reeve movies, like like how he was in the late '70s, mm-hmm. have that kind of physique. I think yeah. that would work. Yeah, right. I, I was like, you don't have to be as big as Henry Cavill, but no. you know, maybe a little bit of muscle. You know, just put like a little bit on your frame. I guess I don't know. Like, and I'm. I hope that if he ever somehow listens to this podcast, he doesn't assume that we're trying to tell him what to do. But no, like, <laughs> I just unfortunately it's just like I, I just know how like I said, he's proven his acting chops. Yeah. I just know immediately what people are gonna say. Yeah. And I'm I'm willing to be like, you know what, man, you do you. And you know, I, I'm trusting people. Here's yeah. another option. Yeah. Also, I was like, who's your who is the other? You and this falls in line with what we were talking about with like reorganizing people already in the DC universe and putting them in new roles and just hear me out on this. He's in Shazam. Ross Butler. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I mean, yeah, if we're going to be recasting and everything, I mean, He's, I mean, do you talk, talk about a role of like, if you really want to prove yourself to the world, here's your chance. And he honestly does look the part. No, I, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> and like, you know, I think a lot of people know him from 13 Reasons Why, but seeing him in Shazam too, like he's got, he's got range and I would be down to see him as Superman. Like the more I thought about it, I was like, if they follow that route and just be like, hey, you want to be Superman? Like he's, he is younger. I think he's like 32, maybe 31. And, you know, Henry Cavill's only 39, just you know, right, no, no, but, but <laughs> Hollywood. I mean, now since we're in the era where we're getting, where I sometimes wonder if we're reverting back to back in the day of companies owning actors. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah, I, uh, I hope not, okay. but I know that they have close connections there. Like, because if you have connections with the studio, like they're gonna be like, hey, I know a guy that's perfect for this. Makes I, sense. Well, right? that, that's just fine. That's called that's just good networking. But. uh but they do care about the age in terms of like uh, signing you to multi-year contracts. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, there's a reason why I'm pretty sure Paul Rudd only has a couple more Marvel movies in him before he's done because he's in yeah. his 50s. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony Stark, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was only there for 10 years. And look at the impact he made. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to be around for long. Yeah. I mean, and to use him as well, it's like, I just want to use the quote of like that he said because Obviously, when you become the standard or you become the big thing, everyone has criticisms and praises. RDJ, I love when he said, like, there's room for everybody when it comes to the movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I don't know. I just felt like kind of fits with our conversation of like, there's room for like these kind of movies. But to your point though, I think he could be Superman. That would just be, man, that would be wild. I'm like, also, so I'm kind of like, I'm for either one. Right. Yeah. I was like, those are good options. And like, I'm just curious, like what if they go, you know, like with him and then like a little bit down the line, they add Calvin Ellis. We'll see. It'll be interesting because yeah. I know the first thing they want to do is they want to they want to get the core established. If I mean to use the Marvel comparison, you got to get whatever whatever you're going to build around. Which I mean we've said it before, but it was a gamble for them to make Iron Man the center to build everything around because that's not how it is in the comics. And mm-hmm. the comics is a Fantastic Four. Yeah. So. uh but clearly, scoreboard, it worked out. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> scoreboard, <laughs> it worked out. But uh, so I could see them wanting to focus to make sure they get the Trinity correct. Because then once you get that good, you can build out from that and do whatever. If you want to do other big names that, like, we finally get Martian Manhunter or uh, we get deep cut characters that I, Thanks to shows like Justice League, I fell in love with like Mr. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can finally like we and if CGI can advance a little bit further, maybe we can actually pull off a Plastic Man movie. I'm so glad you said that. I was like, please say Plastic Man. <laughs> I just CG's got to get a little further. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Because if they don't, because if, if you don't, if you don't do that CGI right, that's some nightmare fuel waiting to happen. Yeah, that it's I. I have hope. I have hope, Caleb. And honestly, with James Gunn, like behind the realm, like even if he doesn't direct it, obviously, because he's going to be busy, he's writing the Superman film number one, which honestly piques my interest a lot more than I first (laughs) anticipated. Because I was like, that seems like something that like, because I know for a long time, like Warner Brothers was trying to get him to direct a Superman movie. And he's like, really? (laughs) Now he's like writing. He's not going to direct it. But he's writing it, and I was like, honestly, that raises my interest in it so much more than I expected. But I know that emotionally, there's probably going to be a lot of heart and soul there because he's proven that with Guardians of the Galaxy. I have well, he also knows yeah. with Superman is you got to get like there are some characters you have to get correct. Mm-hmm. And to use the Marvel example again, like obviously they made some changes with Iron Man. They made some well, they didn't make any changes with Thor, but like. You have to get Captain America correct. Like, uh, the X-Men movies did as well as, like, obviously they've had their down, they've had their valleys, but the reason why their peaks were so high is because you got Wolverine correct, you got Xavier correct, and you got Magneto correct. Yeah, you got the core right. And honestly, I have faith. I have optimism. I really do. Yeah. And like I said, we'll see. Because time will tell. Like I said, eventually... Things will, people will get cast and things will get written and then we'll see the trailers and we'll have a better idea of how things are going to shake out. And it may happen sooner than we expect because apparently he's been working on that script for a while so it might already be close to ready. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, there, there are so much. Well, he said like, that. that. That's what he said. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, no, but the reason I'm saying who knows is just because there's so much chaos just still like with Warner Brothers as, as a company. Yeah. Like I 100% believe he might be close. That's fine. I believe him. As you know, 
That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to start filming anytime soon. No, no. They still have to cast and get everybody on board. It's a different process. But like in terms of superhero movies soon, <laughs> I think that's exactly. a better way to put it. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I was like, because I don't doubt for a second that script is almost finished. Mm-hmm. But as you know, that's just congratulations. That's one step. You have 500 more to go. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I finished my script. I can't wait to see it be filmed in five years. <laughs> like, that's exactly. Like so, like, so, like, so that's why I'm like, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's we will see. But, you know, like, I think us talking about it here has made me kind of like more and more excited for it as time goes on. Because like, yeah, am I heartbroken about Cavill? Sure. I have optimism and faith. We've had a lot of really good things in the past for DC. We had Kevin Conroy as Batman, which again, RIP, we miss you, Kevin. And there's just so many things that are going to change and it's exciting. It's, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions, but I'm hoping that, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, you know, you get that little glimmer of hope. And even Henry Cavill in his goodbye said like, you know, we, that was what Superman would want, you know, is to have that optimism and that hope and, you know, that, that energy that things are going to be okay. That, that's, that is ultimately what made Superman my favorite is he is the eternal optimist and, uh, it's what to make the best stories. Like when we cover Superman versus the elite and I will keep making this, it's only, I'm only half joking when I say I have to emotionally prepare to watch all-star Superman again because I have to be ready to cry uh-huh. and uh, but what makes those stories so amazing is like you said the eternal optimist that Superman is and that I think and I know it's going to see a weird of like James Gunn can you write a super optimistic person but like uh, <laughs> thank you that <laughs> it's like wow we're going to weird sources here but um <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, you know what? Let's see how it plays out. But that's the thing is, I, I'm big on let let's wait and see because you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, as I think, as long as they can hand like understand that Superman is an optimist, and that's always how he operates. That's part of what drives Lex Luthor so crazy. Mm-hmm. Is that despite. I'm giving Superman so many reasons to just give up on humanity. He's like, no, no, I believe in (laughs) y'all. That's the best. Yeah. I, that made me feel better now that I think about it. (laughs) It, you know, that, that initial shock has worn off and I'm, you know, looking forward to the future in the best way that I can. And let's keep it that way. Let's be positive. And, you know, in, in conclusion, you know, I hope that everything's going well for all of you out there. And I hope that, you know, you have that optimism and that hope there's a new year coming up. Wow, it's already almost 2023, but time waits for no one. (laughs) And yeah, that's crazy. But it's, you know, it is what it is. And I'm hoping that your holidays are good, whatever holiday you celebrate, whether that be Christmas or Hanukkah or any other holiday. Have a happy holiday. I hope that it all goes well for you. And I hope that, you know, it's just a nice holiday season. Stay safe on New Year's. You know, obviously you'll hear from us soon, but, you know, yeah. I'm just throwing that out there now if you're listening to it so you know that preemptively I, I care about your well-being. And <laughs> I hope that oh, you oh. just are good. Yeah, go ahead, Caleb. Yeah, I did feel like it needed to be said because, like, obviously this isn't a, with it being December, we're not exactly covering a festive movie. So right. <laughs> still need to be said, like, you know, hey, I hope y'all have a good end of the, I hope uh, the holidays go well for you. 
yeah. uh, regardless of what you do or do not celebrate. I hope it goes great for you and that your new year starts off on the best foot possible. Mm-hmm. And however you're celebrating or, you know, if you're maybe feeling a little lonely, just, you know, and you're listening to this podcast, just, you know, we appreciate you. We hope that you have a great holiday no matter what. And, you know, we're looking out for all y'all. Go watch Jingle all the way. Why not? What do you, what do you have to lose? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> or how, who knows? Uh, go watch uh, the fact that, like, how funny I find it that, uh, go watch Scrooge. Because now that the uh, opening uh, gimmick of that movie got turned into a whole movie called Violent Night, <laughs> it just cracks me up every time. <laughs> I got to watch that still. Oh, my gosh. I, oh, that's so good. Yeah. Watch these movies. Watch Jingle All the Way. I can't believe I'm saying that. Watch Violent Night. Watch Scrooge. Watch Christmas Story. Enjoy yourself. Keep that optimism. Keep that hope. And remember, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Breaker. We're on Overcast. We're everywhere. You can't hide from us. We appreciate you. Happy holidays to all. I'm Austin Cook. And I'm Caleb McLemore. We are the Internet World Order, and we will see you guys soon. See you guys.